Welcome to another episode of Photos with Sharita, our podcast where we share all things photos. We love to talk about photos and stories and how they shape our world and how much we love them. So today we have Chris Southard, who is really a scanning expert, and he shares all things about scanning and from, you know, the scanner you should buy and, and you want to do it yourself and the privacy of your own home and just get started, take baby steps. You're going to learn so much from Chris and how to set up your scanner and get going on scanning those most important, precious photos you have. So thanks for joining us. Hi, and we're back again at Photos with Sharita. We're here with a guest today. Rita, you're here with me, yes? Yes, I am. All right. Well, we want to welcome Chris Southard. Uh, Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Well, I want to tell people a little bit about you, and then we're going to talk all things scanning on the podcast today. So Chris is the owner of CDS Media Solutions, and he provides high-quality scanning and photo organizing services in the Cincinnati, Ohio area. And he has a strong photography background, and he's had a passion for helping others preserve their memories for many years. He's been an APO member since early 2013. And I I found this very interesting, Chris. I want to know more. You're the photographer for the West Virginia University Marching Band and the University of the uh, University of Cincinnati Marching Band. And I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. Uh, But uh, and then my other thing that I I, you shared with us that I love to share with others is you have two fur babies. You have two Pekingese dogs, and and this is like from a mom perspective. You said the youngest has his own Instagram account and Facebook page. Um, what gives that the oldest doesn't get it? The youngest <laughs> is cute. The youngest is cuter, funnier. What, what's oh, up with that? Well, you no, know, they're actually both both uh, cute. But uh, the youngest one we got from a, a breeder who um, uh, shows dogs uh, throughout the you know the the show dog world, and. Uh, our youngest Maui is related to one of the show winners from a couple of years ago that won the um, best in show. So I kind of, with the, the, his legacy and his breeder, we kind of thought uh, some of the other pups had Instagram accounts. So we just, when we got him, we added him to Instagram as well. So the older one does get some appearances on there, but he doesn't have a separate account. Okay. Well, in, in the world, <laughs> in the, in the world of children, it feels like you like the youngest one better, but okay. Um, I think that's, you know, a parent guilt trip, you know, <laughs> happening. I hope the oldest doesn't feel that. And you, you let him be on that Instagram sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they both you, are loved equally. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Do you want to give the Instagram handle in case anyone wants to follow Pekingese dogs on Instagram? Yes. It's Maui the Pekingese. It's <laughs> All right. Maui All right. the in Hawaii. Okay. Awesome. All right. I just thought that was funny that only one dog gets the account. Um, okay. And so tell us a little bit about how you're the photographer of the marching bands because you live in Cincinnati. And so how are you the, first of all, the West Virginia University marching band photographer? Well, I was actually, um, I was a student at West Virginia University and in the marching band. And so when, um, you know, the internet was starting back, uh, starting up back then, and I was taking a computer science class, and actually did a project um, to create a website for the marching band. And so that was back in 1998 when I first started a website. And then a part of that, I was doing some photography on the side, 
And once I graduated, they needed a, a, a permanent photographer. And so they kind of worked with me since I was already doing their website, um, kind of hired me to do their photography. So I do travel to the games uh, in West Virginia, and um, I've been doing that ever since. However, now that I've moved, I've been living in Cincinnati, the assistant director from West Virginia University is now the director of bands here at Cincinnati. And so, of course, he texts me. He's like, you're going to work for me, too. So I actually do both gigs, um, and I travel when I can, and I actually have a team of photographers that help me out in West Virginia um, when I'm not able to travel there. So I just kind of manage the photography side of it there, um, and then I still maintain their website um, since 1998. So it's been a lot. Wow. Wow. Neat gig. And is – are they – do they have football teams? Are the the bands at football games? Yes, they are. Okay, Um, and then they do competitions maybe as marching bands? So you're they doing do not actually, yeah. College bands don't uh, really compete. Um, but okay. I do, they do all the home games. Uh, they do travel um, to you know one or two away games, and then of course if they um, are so fortunate to go into postseason of a bowl game, then I do travel um, with them. And it actually worked out this year that I was able to go to both teams' bowl games. So. Nice, nice. Well, that that's a fun side gig that you know yeah, in I, addition I really to your. It. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Well, listen, here's what we ask our podcast guests that we we love to find out just because sometimes it makes people feel better about their own photos on their phone. So that's our always our first. How many photos are on your camera roll on your phone? I looked it up again because I, you know, compared to even from the other day when I got the, the notes, uh, I had 9,582 photos. <laughs> And do you feel like they're organized? <laughs> they are not. Well, interesting is I have it tied to my Lightroom. It's a Adobe Photo uh, Lightroom um, mm-hmm. program that syncs them. So a lot of those have been deleted, but not necessarily from the phone. So I still need to yeah. get them off my phone. And just like everyone else, you go shopping or you go, you know, you see a recipe or you see something interesting out, you take a photo of it. And those certainly need to be deleted because either I've already bought it or I don't want it anymore. So right. there's a lot right. of us like that. So I think that's a good tip already for listeners because I, I, the way that I do my phone as well, I just back it up and then I organize on my computer. I don't, I don't organize on my phone because I'm not really that interested in it, but I want, I just keep them all backed up. And then, you know, at some point when I'm bored, which is, Hardly ever I would delete, but yeah, I hear you on that. So whatever your system is, you don't have to have them all organized on your phone if you have them all organized on your computer. But some people right. like phone organization, you know, that might be their first starting point. But we're really going to yeah. talk about more about scanning uh, today because you really specialize in scanning and you, you do a lot of it and you have a lot of equipment and great workflows. We know that about you. But um, before we jump into scanning, and I'm going to let Rita ask you scanning questions, I I want to know about one one of your very favorite photos. We always ask people to share, and then after the podcast, they can visit the show notes page and um, see the photo that you share. But tell us about the photo that stood out to you that you shared with us. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, a very appropriate photo. Um, Unfortunately, uh, last week, I lost my grandmother, uh, my dad's mother. Uh, she would have been 95 this weekend. 
Wow. So sorry to hear that. Yeah. What a good, um, rich it, life. It, it definitely was. And she was very a, a very active person. Um, she was still mowing her grass. Um, no, I love she that. was still driving, unfortunately. <laughs> Not necessarily <laughs> the best thing to do. A driving um, thing, and, yeah. That does, uh, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And she was an avid bowler too. She actually, you know, was still bowling on leagues um, and enjoying life um, as as it was. And so, the picture I have was from uh, when I was in the third grade. Um, it was Grandparents' Day, and she was able to uh, join me for lunch um, at school. And interesting, um, my other grandmother uh, two weeks ago as well was in the hospital. And so, when I went to visit her. I had come across this photo and it was it was just it was interesting looking back I had seen this photo and I said, you know, I really like this photo. I mean to myself I was thinking, well, I really like this photo, you know, it means something to me. And I knew where it was because I said someday I'm going to need it and unfortunately that came closer so I had to, you know, the one grandmother fortunately is doing well um and then had to travel down uh to visit the um my other, my the rest of my family um, to um, unfortunately um, pay tributes to to my uh, grandmother. Her name was Bernice, and uh, like I said, she had a great life. And uh, you know, the the memories I have of her um, are great and fond. And as and the nice thing about having pictures is to be able to to have those and share those memories as well. Well, and I think um, we all have experienced, and you live away from your family now. Um, a good number of your family lives in, is it West Virginia, where they live? I ha- I have some of my family lives in West Virginia, and the other half uh, lives in North Carolina. Yeah, so you have that same thing that, you know, Rita and I have, and, st- you know, so many families that they're spread across the country and living in, you know, all these different places and photos, you know, bring back those memories. But I just think it's a cool thing to think that your grandma was able to go to Grandparents Day. I mean, that's just something that my kids, because I live in Atlanta, my family is in Illinois and Texas, that my kids never got that kind of memory. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. And I love what the photo evokes and, and what a perfect story and something to share from someone who was an active part of your childhood and that you just celebrated her life. So thanks for sharing that. It's, it's really oh, special. You. Yeah. So Rita, you want to dive into scanning and, and all the good scanning things we want to know from Chris? <laughs> sure. First, I do want to tell you, Chris, that my um, grandma, her name is Leona, and she just turned 99, and she also enjoyed uh, bowling quite a bit as your grandma too. Um, She does not actually physically bowl anymore, meaning um, with the, uh, what do you call it, just the regular ball, but she's still uh, quite an active wee bowler. So just (laughs) (laughs) thought I'd throw that in there because I can relate. And um, yeah, it's a great story and I love the picture. So and and I don't want to, I'm not hijacking Chris's Grandma Bowling podcast, but read it in the show notes. I'm just going to remind you right now. Rita blogged about her um, bowling grandma, so yeah. I think you should put a link to that. Oh, in that there would be because funny. I, lo- I love that story, too. So Yeah, it's cute. Okay. Um, okay, Chris, scanning, scanning. So keeping in mind um, that our listeners are folks out there who want to, you know, share their stories. They're their photos, and one of those first steps with the printed ones is scanning. And I'm going to ask you, what are your three three best, most useful tips 
that really anybody can start, you know, if they've just started with scanning, that you would give them um, before kind of diving into the process? Oh, well, um, that's, a, that's a big one. Um, well, Sorry. <laughs> I, I say, no, you're fine. No, because it is important. You know, just like, you know, I was talking about the photo with my grandmother. You know, I think scanning is kind of like the insurance for your photos mm -hmm. um, because, you know, everyone has a – in situations where you may be affected by a, a potential natural disaster, your house, you know, unfortunately could catch on fire or flood. And I think thinking about and kind of being proactive with your photos and your memories by having, you know, your printed photos scanned and then backed up off-site, um, and there are options for that as well, uh, you're kind of providing an entry, you know, your protection for those photos. And so that's kind of, as you're going through your, your photo collection, that's something to think about and to keep in the back of your mind, is that you're preserving and protecting those photos. But I think, you know, a lot of folks have photos everywhere in their house. And I think the main thing is to gather those photos uh, in one location and then for someone that may just want to start into the scanning process, at least start going through and picking out kind of the best ones or the mm -hmm. ones that kind of evoke an emotion, um, you know, because organizing is, is one part of it. But I think, too, pulling those uh, as you're going through and sorting through your photos, kind of going ahead and separating those, uh, you know, the ones, again, that stand out, evoke emotion, um, and that are really important to you because I think those are the ones that you really want to scan first yeah. uh, and start that process. And um, I, I, I love that tip, um, Chris, because I think people get very overwhelmed with their boxes of printed photos and if they've inherited photos also. And so to sort of give yourself permission to not feel like you have to do everything, but to take that time, um, and pick the best ones and then scan them. At least now you, it's that little thing where at least now you've started and the favorite ones are being scanned and then you're working into your collection so you get a little momentum going. I think that's uh, a great tip for people to sort of embrace their collection and know they can do it, you know, five a day, five a day if they want it. Just take it right. baby steps. Right, and everyone starts out differently, and and at the same time they they look at their collection differently. You know, think back. You know, you know, we mentioned earlier. I have over nine thousand photos on my phone. You know, most people are already used to maybe. <laughs> you know, they may have a system already with categorizing or organizing their photos on their phone. So you kind of can apply that to your print prints as well. Um, you know, whether you do it in chronological order or you do it by categories, you know, by birthdays or holidays or vacations. Um, so kind of think, you know, and if you don't have a system, kind of think as a, as you're scanning those best photos, kind of think of a system that you want to put in place. Um, you know, a lot of times if you went on vacation and you took that roll of film, um, you know, it's usually going to be in one place. And so you can say that you're going to categorize it by vacation. So this is a you know a particular vacation that you went on in the summer of say you know 1975. But then again, sometimes you might inherit those collections where they're just scattered in a box or they're placed in albums. So you might want to think about 
general categories, vacations versus specific vacations, or even holidays, or even family members. So there's a couple different tips there. Uh, yeah, I know there's uh, you know to choose from, but you kind mm-hmm. of start thinking of a process of putting your collection together because it may help you as you go through scanning more of those photos. Um, and like I said, you may already have a process in place because you you know with what you already do on your phone, so you kind of can apply that to your prints as well. Okay, so I love that. So we're sort of picking um, our favorites amongst however we want to categorize them. Like you said, if it's by um, season or birthdays or events or chronological, but just sort of break it down like that. Now, once I've done that and I, I'm feeling like I'm ready to sort of move to that next step and I've um, purchased a, a scanner or I have one in my house, uh, the first question is, do you have a recommendation for a scanner? And then the second question is, what's what's the smart steps to take? Is there anything special I should do before actually laying that photo on the glass and, and pushing the, the go button? All right. Um, one of the, uh, the scanners that I, I recommend, especially for folks that are starting out and may be budget conscious as well, um, is uh, an Epson scanner. It's the um, Epson um, V600 photo scanner, and it's mm-hmm. pretty reasonably priced. Um, it also it does prints, and it does um, slides and negatives as well. Um, and it has some great software that will actually do, you know, as it scans, it will then look at it, uh, the photo, and do some color restoration. A lot of times, so the older photos are faded, and it will kind of restore the, the color back into to that photo. Um, so that was that's one of the recommendations. And like I said, it's a flatbed, so it does all three. It does the photos, slides, and negatives. And I think with that, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you have a box of photos, they could be dusty. You might want to just use a little blower uh, to blow off the dust or use a microfiber cloth to kind of wipe off the surface of the of the photo, um, you know, to, to clean it off. And then that's definitely a good way to to clean it up so you, before you scan it. Um, a lot of times, um, you know, you may come across photos that have been wet um, at some point. I still would try to wipe those off um, mm-hmm. unless they're really badly damaged, but then be able to go ahead and scan them. There are services out there um, that will do – once a photo is scanned, then you can send them off – send the digital image off, and then they actually can restore um, the photo. So if a photo has been torn, definitely you know be careful with that. You can scan it in, and then there are services that will then fix that tear or fix – you know if there's uh, – you know, a blotch over over someone's face, they can kind of go back and and restore that photo. And I've seen some really good uh, results uh, from that. Nice. Great. So I love those tips. And uh, both Cher and I also started out with the V600. Uh, We kind of had that as a family scanner, I think, in our house for, I don't know, when we first met each other on the phone, what was that, Cher, like seven years ago or something? We're like, yeah, we have that scanner. We've been using it forever. I'm not counting, but I think it's eight. Years. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, Chris, we have that uh, for our listeners in our um, favorite tools. So, if anyone wants to go check that out, when you're using the V600, um, for our listeners of the uh, flat that I think is maybe nine, no, maybe eleven by what? Do you know what those dimensions are? But my question was going to be, can I lay 
multiple photos on the scanner and when I scan, do they come up as individual photos or do they come up as one big photo? Because I don't really like that if they come up as one big photo. No, actually, and um, I don't know the exact number that you can lay on there, but you can lay multiple photos. It depends on the size as well. Um, and the software does allow you to break it into individual photos. So that yeah. is definitely a nice feature um, to, to have so that uh, it saves you time uh, after they're scanned. And each individual, um, it will, what it'll do is it'll look for the, the uh, photo and create a frame around it. And actually, you can then, um, if you choose to use the software to do some of the color restoration, uh, it can do individual restoration mm -hmm. on those that are selected. Very nice. Now, I do have a question for you. Periodically, when I am working with my own client photos, and I have super tiny ones, like those little wallet ones that I think we can all recall from regular school photos, and then sometimes mm -hmm. even tinier ones, and I'll put those on the, the flatbed, and sometimes... I mean, I've learned that you can't, and just for our users also, or listeners, I'm sorry, um, also the, the photos can't be like right next to each other. You've got to give them a little air when you put it on the flatbed. At least that's what I've uh, discovered. But sometimes they will, when the um, scanner scans it, it will pop up as one solid image. And I like have to kind of keep rearranging them and then, and then it works as far as showing them as like individual. Have you ever had that happen? And do you have a tip for maybe me or or someone else on how to make that kind of like not be a, a bit of a, a guessing game? I mean, because um, it yeah. seems very random. And you're right. The, the spacing, it makes a difference. Um, so that's one, one uh, tip, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of space them out a little bit. At least I would say a quarter inch, maybe yep. more depending on the amount that you're, you're laying on the flatbed. Um, the other tip, too, is to lay like say i know i the scanner i have has a white um yep. thing that goes over the top some have the black cover mm -hmm. so you could just do it maybe find um a sheet of like a foam core or some type of uh, opposite color so if it's a white sheet uh cover that's on your uh the lid of the scanner then lay it something that's black or vice versa if it's black then lay white cuz sometimes the contrast between the edge of the the um, print and that um, the the lid can make a difference, um, uh -huh. and I, it it varies. To be honest with you, it's very random. So yeah, um, but that's an excellent I, tip. So the, I just looked to see what mine was. Mine is white. So your suggestion is, and if users or <laughs> users, I don't get why you say that, listeners, sure. if you buy a V six hundred. Um, it sounds like you want to get a, maybe just a sheet of contrasting um, foam core or maybe yeah. heavy uh, construction paper possibly. And then that's enough for the scanner's, you know, eye or software to be able to differentiate, to know that it's a single photo versus or, or, or right. multiple photos versus a single large photo. Yeah, because a lot of like you know, I mentioned the school. A lot of the school photos had that white border. Yeah. So it's kind of it's going to trick the software. So I actually just went to like Michaels or AC Moore and bought a, like a a foam sheet, and I used nice. that um, for it. So and it's soft, so it's not going to damage um, the glass of the scanner. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Okay, so let's see. So I figure out how to scan them. I've laid them on the scanner. Now that they're scanned, what is your best suggestion? And they're on my 
um, computer's hard drive. What's your best suggestion on just maybe a very high-level tip of now what do I do with this scanned photo that says, you know, ABC123 or whatever on it. And then I, I will share with our listeners that in the V600, there is software that does allow you to um, name groups of photos, but keep in mind it's assigning that name to every photo that you're scanning unless you change it. Um, and obviously with a, a, a dash 001 a numeric following to, to differentiate them. But Chris, if you don't do that or you have a variety of photos that you're scanning that do not um, have a common theme, what's your suggestion on what do I do? What's my next step once they're scanned? Um, usually what I do, even for my personal collection and then working with clients, um, you know, I look at the folder structure of where I put the photos kind of as the categories. So if, again, you've done it by seasons or holidays or vacations, mm-hmm. um, I kind of at least start with having the folders. And you can do that. You can create okay. those whether you're a Windows or a Mac user. You know, you can go in and just create the folders and then move the photos to those locations, kind of help you start organizing would be a, kind of a, an easy way of, of mm-hmm. starting out. Yep. Um, there are uh, built-in ways to rename files once they're in categories. You can utilize the computer's um, system to go ahead and rename them if you want. Well, I, I like I like your suggestion of creating maybe a series of folders because, like we were saying, you're probably not going to start with a, a massive amount. You just want to start with a few and and become familiar with it in the system and to have created those folders of a, a particular year, season, vacation, and have those photos go directly to those folders or even if they go outside them and then you can drag them in. And that sure helps with at least having a, a framework to start with. And since we already start with a bit of overwhelm when we have printed photos, now that we've scanned them, this in my opinion, is less overwhelmed because now I've got them scanned and they're in a folder that says, um, you know, either a year or X vacation. And that makes me feel good. It's like I'm making, you know, it's it's baby steps to getting my photos saved and preserved and back up like you were talking about. Um, so I, I think those are great suggestions. Shara, do you have any questions? Did I miss anything? Or Chris also? Um, that we want to share with those who are listening about scanning. I was just going to add real quick, too, you know, everyone doesn't have to feel overwhelmed, you know, if they're starting out. You know, if you um, are purchasing, you know, the scanner, it comes with software that that does the scanning Mm -hmm. and gets you started on that, you know, in that part. You don't have to go out. You can utilize the, the software and the viewers that the computers, you know, your computer software comes with. Windows has the Windows, um, I forgot what it's called. Um, basically, there's a, a program that you can util, you know, utilize to view your photos in the Windows and then the Mac as well. And you can start doing some of the basic things with what you already have. You don't have to go out. But there are certainly programs and other software that will uh, you know you can purchase to go further into organizing and renaming um, 
which eventually, you know, some people might want to, to invest in. Mm-hmm. But um, you certainly don't have to start out, you know, full force with that, but baby right. steps to get things organized. I love that. I love everything that you've shared. I, fi- I feel like this was um, technical scanning tips with Rita and Chris. That's what this was good stuff. Uh, but I'm going to bring it back to story in just a minute. But I want to I want to just review because I took notes and your 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 three scanning tips in the beginning were basically gather, start with the most special or best, and then think of a system and how you want to look at them, how you're going to want to find them. That would be kind of my summary of your three tips. And, you know, in the gather, in that first step, that's what we already say. And we, well, we always say really is, I mean, that's where you've got to start when people feel overwhelmed is just getting everything in one place can make you feel better. Um, and that's on podcast number one. That's that's the kind of the core foundation of any kind of photo organizing. But then the second one, start with the most special and best. I love, love, love that tip because people feel like they have to, once they gather and maybe they end up, I I mean, we we all have experiences where people will literally like use a room or a closet for all their photos and they've inherited them from, you know, maybe a couple of different family members and now they're back at overwhelm and, oh, really start with the best? Which box? What should I open first? It just feels, you know, just too big. So again, it just, you start with one, right? Like you, whatever box you feel like has the most important things in it, or you don't even know, but just grabbing those really special and best photos and get those scanned that, and then you can go back later. And if you want to scan the whole box or you want to, you know, go through it and organize it more or whatever, but just getting those special, special photos scanned, that's a big, that's a big deal for a lot of us. And then the system and how you want to look at them. Um, one suggestion I wanted to make on that is, is that you can, uh, what I like to do is I like to create on my photo hub, my external hard drive, I like to create uh, the family name. So if it's my family, meaning my marital family with my four children, the six of us, it's the Humphreys family. But if it's my mom's family, it's, you know, the Kivet family because I've inherited things from them. And then if it was my dad's family, I'd have another folder with that name. And so that way that's that's where i naturally look for things and then when and i have special scans in each of those family folders and then again that's that subfolder thing you're talking about chris that you don't have to feel overwhelmed right. and you could do that so um i just love all that i can't believe you scanning gurus cuz i'm not one you you both scan more than i do and i outsource but um i know people are going to ask this and we'll put it on the show notes but the scanner probably already has a setting. It's like a, a default setting. What is the best resolution to scan print photos? Because that it's called DPI for people, right? Um, but yeah. it's important that you scan the different media at different um, scanning resolution if you want these to be printed versus seeing them on the screen because we look at a lot of things on the screen and we do slideshows and whatnot and enjoy our photos looking at the screen but if you want to print it to have a quality print what what's your recommendation for dpi what i would recommend at least for prints is 600 dpi and basically what that means is a 4x6 photo scanned at 600 DPI would allow you to enlarge that to around 8x12. 
perfect. That's definitely that's that's so 600 DPI. That's just kind of that's an important thing to make sure your scanner's set at for any um, photos you're scanning, print photos. Correct. And the negative and sides get, are different. <laughs> yeah, I, with those that you're in the thousand DPI, but yeah. um, you know, again, one thing too, it's you know, with scanning and not to get too technical, but another option, uh, I believe it's called archive option, the archive setting within the Epson mm-hmm. software. Basically, that scanning is TIFF. Right. T I F F. Right. Not to overwhelm our you know our listeners, but. Basically, that is going to scan the image and provide a raw file, and it's right. not compressing it. It's not lowering the quality, um, and then you still can um, turn that into JPEGs, which is the common format um, for digital images. Right. Um, so for the again, average consumer, the average consumer, they're going to go JPEG. But if you get, if you want to get fancy and you want to, really, yeah. if you're doing archival <laughs> quality and you're like a family photo historian, or you're going to submit all of your family history to, you know, the Library of Congress or something or some, you know, historical society, then TIFF, the um, TIFF extension is it's a .dot tiff. That's the format that um, you would want to use. So correct. Good tip. And then um, my last thing, and I'm going to ask about story as we end. Um, you, Rita, you said, you know, after you scan and the photos are on your computer hard drive, when we say computer hard drive, I think all three of us agree that that's actually your external hard drive, your photo hub. It's just easier to point your scanner to an external hard drive, which we, you know, talk about as your photo hub than it is to put them directly on your computer hard drive because the computer hard drives keep getting smaller and smaller and sleeker and all of that. And for many people, their hard drives are kind of full and, you know, pictures and videos, they take up a lot of space. So if you can check the setting to point the scanner to the external hard drive, your family photo hub, then they're going to be where you want them. Right. And, and unless, Chris, Correct. do you scan directly to your computer hard drive and then move them or do you scan to an external hard drive? No, I actually do scan um, to external hard drives. And, okay. you know, another important thing to keep in mind um, is you know, having a backup. So, yeah. you know, maybe when you purchase that external hard drive, buy two of them. Um, I know, again, there's built in systems with uh, computer um, operating systems that will back it up. For example, on Mac, they have Time Machine. But there are also online services that you can utilize to back up your photos and your files because I think that's important, too. As you're going through the process, if you're taking the time to scan something, then you should also back it up just in case something happens. Absolutely. It's not um, if equipment fails, it's when, right? We all know that equipment will fail eventually. So I always start my clients with at least two two terabit hard drives. They're just very inexpensive, under $100 each. And we're scanning the most precious photos. We talked about scanning your most special and best photos. So scan them onto a hard drive. And then when you're done with that session, even, I mean, I'm I'm this paranoid. I back up, back up, back up. And then I just make yeah. a copy of it right away. I mean, you could even make the copies on a flash drive. They're big enough now. You can get a 32 gig or, you know, 64 gig, just a, a a flash drive with a lot of memory, but have them in two places before you even talk about, we're not going to go into cloud storage now, but okay. So I think we've given our listeners some great scanning tips to start, start small bite-sized steps. Don't overwhelm yourself, but get those most precious special photos scanned. And that's what I want to end with. I want to ask you if you have 
any story that comes to mind, um, and we didn't prep this, so this is a true conversation, so I don't mean to put you on the spot, Chris, but do you, do you have any special story about a really special scan that has created, you know, some really, like one of those, wow, or oh, gosh, I love that, stories for a family, a special you know, batch of scans or a, a printed photo that you got scanned so that they could share it with um, all of the people in, that they love? Well, you know, there's actually, you know, I have tons of stories, but one that actually just came, comes to mind, um, which will bring, I'll bring up another point too, but I, recently, right before Christmas, um, I had, someone had contacted me. They had a, I think it was an ink sketch that I actually believe their grandfather had done years and years ago of, um, I believe it was an American Indian looking over um, some type of mountain range. I'm not sure exactly the the background of the photo itself or what was in the photo, but I just know it was important to the family because their grandfather had hand-drawn it, and what they wanted me to do is kind of clean it up. I did a scan, cleaned it up, and basically turned it into a, a it looks more like a an ink drawing and had it printed on um blown up and printed on like a bamboo type paper and it was shipped to a, the, the family uh the other part of the family lived in the west coast and so um they wanted to hung it up um in their office to to remember their grandfather um so it wasn't necessarily the meaning of the photo but the behind the photo and why it was drawn. Sure, sure. And and then other people um, can have copies of that. So love right. love that. Love it. So there are there's reasons to you know, everyone scans, you know, for different reasons. And I think that's you know, again, being able to relive that memory and share it with other people uh as well. Um another little thing that sparks stories too is think about how many people have kept the artwork of their kids or even your own as you grew up at you know I you know I've worked with a couple families where I've scanned some of those drawings and those uh the things that they've done in art class and they've put together you know the books um showcasing the kind of the best uh, you know artwork um of their kids and plus it's a good way of downsizing too so if you get a good scan of it and you produce a book and you're able to share it then you can kind of purge some of that stuff as well so uh, there's a plus and minus to everything so yeah. Well, I love that. And I, Chris, it's almost like you're giving a plug to Rita's blog, too. So, Rita, you're going to put on the show notes. Um, and I don't, did you guys arrange this ahead of time? Uh, uh, Rita has a great blog post. I know it's a couple of years old, Rita, but I just want you to bring it back up and put it on the show notes for our listeners. And she did a whole book of her daughter's artwork, and it's really beautiful after she scanned everything. So, um, we'll put links to everything we talked about the scanner, the, you know, the equipment that we recommend everything. And Chris, just thank you so much for your time and sharing your expertise to give, you know, these people a starting point, getting that, you know, uh, an affordable scanner and not feeling overwhelmed to get some of their most precious memory scanned. We love that. And we love having you as a guest. And we might have to do part two of, you know, more technical stuff if people ask questions and, and want more information on scanning. But we'll put the links uh, to your website and uh, to read his blog post and all of that fun stuff at photoswithsharita.com. 